Welcome to the Rise Up Good Witch podcast, a radical approach to herbalism, self-care, and the tarot. Hi everyone, welcome to the 23rd episode of the Rise Up Good Witch podcast. This is Karina. Maybe some of you noticed that I'm really aiming to put this podcast out every full and new moon. And the last new moon, I did not put out an episode. And that's for a variety of reasons. But one of the big things happening is I really love doing this podcast. I'm really passionate about it. Um, But it is a lot of work and it is a labor of love. And this spring has brought forth lots of other projects for me. I am someone who, and I talk about this a lot, as a double Capricorn, Capricorn um, moon and sun, and um, Chiron and Taurus, and a true node, north node in the 10th house, I feel like I'm really work motivated. Like, working is my happy place. I like being productive. Like, it's just something that I've always focused a lot of energy on. But that oftentimes happens to like the detriment of my own self-care and my own health, which is something I'm really trying to change and transform this year. Um, Because now that I'm self-employed, I have more freedom um, with my schedule and all that. And, you know, there's problems, of course, with being self-employed, like being really reliant on the support of others and people to buy into your work. But... It does give me the freedom to take time for myself if I need it and work on schedules that work for me, especially working around the moon cycles, because I think that a lot of my mental instability and a lot of my challenge with scheduling and sleeping enough and self-care and anxiety and cycles of depression have come forth because of working on a schedule like someone else's schedule and needing to be somewhere a certain time and having a hard time with my body um, especially not being able to respect the cycles of the moon so now that I'm a full-time working witch I get to do a lot of my work around the cycles of the moon and around my own my own cycles like my own energetic and emotional cycles and hormonal cycles, of course. So if that is something that's possible for you, I, I like fully recommend it. I think there is such an improvement in your mental health when you're able to honor your body and, and your the planet's cycles in your work schedule. But I know that for a lot of us, that's not a possibility. Um, so, you know, whatever we can do and, and, you know, even self-employed life doesn't always allow that. But whatever we can do to practice that self-care is incredibly beneficial. Which brings me to, this is Taurus season that we're coming on to. And I've never been so excited about a Taurus season before. Because I don't have a lot of Tauran energy in my chart. But I've been really relating to the the astrological correspondence a lot lately. Taurus is a hard worker, but also really knows how to indulge and self-care. Taurus has a lot of fixed energy. It's a fixed sign. It corresponds with the second house. It is very self-sustaining and stubborn 
Um, Tauruses are notorious for being like very fixed in their ways. But I think like something about Taurus that is really helpful is just like that ability to like nurture and care for oneself. And also, you know, do it for other people. The shadow of that is that Taurans can be very, um, the give and take can be very black and white, which I think is also about Capricorns. Like as a Capricorn, I feel like that's a shadow that I have to work with is just feeling like tit for tat about everything. But I've been really embracing Taurus energy and I'm excited to move into the second um, in the astrological year, the second season of the year, the second astrological season of the year. So as for my spring projects, I began this month a small apprenticeship. It was kind of not planned. It sort of happened organically. It was something I have been thinking about and I have been approached about by a lot of people. And I decided to try something out because it's a lot of work to run an apprenticeship. So, uh, and, and most of my apprentices are not located here where I'm living right now in Joshua Tree. But I'm working right now at this point, it's three folks. And one of them is here in Joshua Tree and the other two are remote. And we are kind of each week going over different aspects of witchcraft, basically, from like my my perspective, because, you know, all witches are different. Like some witches might do work in a different area that I wouldn't necessarily focus on. But from my perspective, that's been like a lot of plant working with plants, um, protection spells, because of that is a big thing to me because I'm really interested in boundaries, um, self-love work and trauma work and working with the cards and the moon cycles. So that's been really great. And one thing that we're doing and that I've been doing is a new moon workshop, which is something that I did last year in Eureka. And I've been like working with the online format in January, we had the Capricorn new moon workshop and that was really awesome. And I had to take a couple months away from that because doing it every month is a lot, but I decided for the first three months of the astrological new year, we were going to do them. So I'm about to announce the Taurus New Moon Workshop. And this is two, in two parts. One part is a small workbook of activities for ritual building and self-care for you to do on your own on the dark moon. And then on the new moon, there is a chat on Zoom where we just go over everything and we do some collective tarot and look at folks' astrology charts and just like have a conversation about the material, mostly in the workbook and about kind of like setting our intentions and getting into alignment with Taurus energy. So that's gonna be on the, that's gonna be on the new moon, which I believe is Saturday, May 3rd. And registration is going to close on May 1st. And it's a super affordable workshop. It's only $22. If you are a patron of Rise Up Good Witch, it's only $15. So that brings me to the Patreon. For only $5 a month is what I'm asking from folks who enjoy this podcast, who maybe follow me on Instagram, who enjoy the feed, and who are capable and willing. Uh, $5 a month gets you access to a lot of extra content. So I've been doing at least one blog or vlog a week, and that's going to continue to expand. The Instagram platform has like not been as, it hasn't been feeling as satisfying to me lately. So I'm starting to move most of my interactions and content over to Patreon. So for $5 a month, you get regular weekly content. 
My patrons recently did a survey, uh, very informal, and it was indicated they were mostly interested in herbalism and herbal recipes. So that's mostly what we're working on. But then I'm also sharing uh, tarot lessons and personal blogs and narratives and stuff about dream work and ancestor work and ritual and moon cycles, etc. So that's all the content that's on the Patreon blog. And then every new moon, there's also a small easing that's released. And that's a lot of content. Like I include a lot of my own personal narrative. I am a writer, so I share a lot. And then we have always like a tea blend and maybe a tarot spread to work with for the energy of that new moon. And the workshop is kind of going off the energy of that new moon. So it all kind of works in congruence. And Again, it's only $5 a month to join the Patreon. And you also, if you're considering getting a tarot card reading from me, I am probably going to be increasing my prices in the summer because my prices are way under. So I will be increasing my price soon. But if you're a patron for only $5 a month, you get 20% off everything in the apothecary, everything in the witch shop, and you get 25% off all tarot readings. So I hope to see you on the Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash riseupgoodwitch. And I would love to see some of you in the New Moon and Taurus workshop. It's like a really cool experience. And I've been getting help with my, my apprentice who lives here in the desert, Drew. He has been coming and helping me facilitate it. And I'm also in a new house here in downtown Joshua Tree and trying my hand at desert gardening, which has been really interesting. There's a lot of pigeons where I live. And my previous, I guess the tenant before, like the landlord didn't really like clear everything out of here. So there's still like some old furniture on the porch that there are pigeons living in and they like ate most of my marigolds. Um, But I have some French lavender and I'm growing some rosemary. And I just today got a couple of varieties of sage. And um, I'm trying to grow also some rue, which I have been working with from... Liliana from Black Moon Witch, who is actually featured on today's podcast with her tarot story. She made an amazing rue essence, Rula, and I've been using it every day to get through this full moon cycle, and it really is helping. Rue is an amazing plant that grows well in, in hot climates, and it is great for letting go of old patterns and for the grieving process, which is something that's really amazing about flower essence. And as we're coming into this full moon in Libra and and entering Taurus season, it's not quite Taurus season yet, I'm excited that my apprentice and I were talking right now in our class a lot about flower essences and working with flowers, but Um, my apprentice here and I, we're going to be making some chaparral flower essence because right now in the desert, there's so much, there's so much color because of the super bloom this year and the chaparral, which are everywhere are blooming these beautiful yellow flowers. And the essence is supposed to be all about addressing and working through some of our deepest trauma. So it feels like, you know, as I said in my last podcast, I'm in my double card year and it feels like a great time to be working through that type of pain.
don't know about y'all, but there's something in the air to me that feels ripe with change. And in these moments, I think it's our responsibility to grasp that change, to harness it, to move forward with it. But I wanted to share the first tarot storytelling episode of 2019, which is kind of a darker energy. And through this darker energy, we grow. And maybe we can feel that that grounding and that sustainability in the fixed energy of Taurus. Maybe in the middle of spring, we are watching these flowers bloom and we know that change is possible. So I selected three stories. This year is going to be amazing. There's so many amazing contributions. First, there's going to be Liliana Perez, who is a black moon witch, and she's the one that makes the amazing essences that I spoke of. And she's going to talk about the emperor. And then there's Mary Evans from Spirit Speak, who also lives here in Joshua Tree and who I've been very privileged to know and become friends with. And she's going to talk about the death card. And then I wanted to share a story by Casey Waite from C. Waite 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 Tarot on Instagram, I think their um, profile is called. And they're talking about the hanged one. So there was something about these three stories that felt like they really fit together. Compiled a lot of folks that I've connected with, mostly from Instagram, but also just from like being at events and like being out in the community who are tarot readers. And I contacted them all earlier this year about contributing to this project. And that that way I can kind of curate them in ways that I think they best go together. So I thought that Casey and Mary and Liliana's stories all have kind of like a darkness, but it's almost like a darkness that is is like a sunrise. It's opening up to some light. It reminds me of in childhood and school, we did something where we ha- we watercolored and then we painted black over it. We waited for the paint to dry and then we would take um, like a, a very thin pencil and scratch out the image so that the light could shine through. And that's a metaphor that I think a lot about. I think I should probably get back into that childhood medium and start making those drawings again because I think about that a lot and that's, you know, that's the essence of shadow work and it's also working, you know, with flowers, working in the desert. Like the desert to me has been so illuminating because it's so different from being from the forest. It's so open. The moon is so easy to see. There's not, nothing is cloaked in, in fog. Nothing is, the the trees in the redwoods block the sky. And here I am like so privileged that I get to move from one great forest of California to another great forest of California, clear on the end of the state. But I will post the contact info for all these folks in the show notes and on Instagram. I hope that everyone really enjoys these stories.
Hi everyone, my name is Liliana of Black Moon Witch. I am so honored to share with you my story about my relationship with the Emperor of the Major Arcana. Ever since I first began reading, I really just did not like this card. The imagery for me was just too masculine and just scary. Um, so whenever this card came up for me, I chose to completely avoid it. Uh, it was just so aggressive. I just didn't, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to acknowledge its presence really. Um, so to describe the imagery of the card, I'm going to be describing the um, Emperor of the Rider Weight deck. Uh, so it, the imagery on this card, there is a man, he's an older man, sitting upon a throne, and on each corner of his throne, there is a ram head. Uh, he is wearing a crown, he's draped in red, wearing armor, and in his hands he holds a golden scepter and sphere. And so yeah, when you're when you stare at this, or at least when I would look at this, I just thought, oh, you know, it's just, it's just so off-putting and uninviting and intense. Um, and then when you look at his face, he has this look on his face that to me just seemed like he was just judging and disapproving of me, and um, I was just I was just not about it. So. It took some time for me to really allow the emperor into my life and to listen to what he had to say and had to offer. And throughout 2018, this card came up for me a lot, most every day and every time I would pull a card um, for myself. Sure enough, there he was. And then one morning I decided, you know what, I'm just going to sit with this and I'm just going to really allow it to soak in and it was then that I was finally able to um, see that the look on his face really wasn't one of uh, judgment or disapproval but it was one of encouragement uh, you know the emperor came to me at a, a time in my life where I needed to be called out and you know, I needed to hear that it was time to both slow down, but to stand up and be proud of who I am and the work that I'm doing. Um, he taught me that it's okay to have stability. It's okay to speak up and to take up space because there's room for everyone. And to share a bit about myself, um, I live in a not very big, but not small conservative uh, city or town in Central California and for years I was hesitant and scared to be open about you know what it is that I do and you know what I am which is you know a witch and when I embraced this card the Emperor um, and I accepted his invitation of embodiment it was then that I felt empowered to really embrace myself and be open about who I am 
And if I wish to see change here in this place, you know, that I call home, <clears throat> I need to I need to be the change. You know, I need to be the one that takes the first step and be able to support others here who are like me. Um, so now for me, the emperor has become, you know, like a personal cheerleader for myself. And, you know, at the same time, a no-nonsense uh, tough love coach. And uh, I'm not scared of his presence anymore when I when I see him I I I get a sense of hope now so um thank you for listening to my story and thank you to Karina for inviting hello this is Mary Evans I am the creator of a series of divination card decks called spirit speak and I wanted to take a moment to speak about the death card. As many of you might know, it's a card that is commonly feared. Um, many times people, when I'm giving them readings, if they see it, they are not happy to see it. Um, it's often misunderstood that it's talking about a physical death, which luckily as tarot readers, it is not our job to be predicting that for people. Um, but I was called to speak about this card because of a physical death that I witnessed. And um, it just, it changed the way that I depicted the the imagery for this card. And um, I, it, it's hard for me because I, I don't want to lead people on to think that I am, am saying that it is tied to a physical death at all. But, um, in this past couple of years, um, death has been something that has been in and out of my personal life. And, um, it's been beautiful. It's been something that I've witnessed with a, a lot of honor and what I believe about the death card is that it is about letting go of things that are no longer serving you no longer working for you it's like you got all the nutrients out of you know um, something and it's just the shell so you just you have to let it go you have to reap your harvest and and plant new crops and it's very natural and a lot of times it could be about, you know, leaving a job or, or letting go of an idea that you have. Maybe you have an idea about success that's really outdated. Maybe you need to let that go. Death of that idea. Death of that path. Um, but maybe my belief now is that these are little deaths that are preparing us for the ultimate release of um, the end path of our bodies. And I, I don't want that to feel scary or intense. Um, but I, in my, I guess in my current research, I've been, um, doing research on pre-Neolithic goddess culture and these goddess archetypes represented birth, death, and resurrection, the cycle of nature. And it was very common in the culture for um, death to be commonplace and, and honored in that society. And, um, I think there's a huge polarization of letting go and, and death 
in our culture. Um, so it, it has developed a different meaning for me, I guess, in, in some ways. Um, and I'm still figuring that, that out. I'm still figuring out, um, the depths of what this card means to me. But if you, if you see the card in my, in my newest deck called Apparition, it's a person who has their feet in like a, in a black puddle and their chest is extending almost like the way that I would describe it in yoga when you're doing like a humble rising and your heart comes up first um, and their head is back and a butterfly is coming from their chest in release. It's the, it's the ultimate transformation. Um, so I hope I'm not shaking things up too much by talking about the card in this way and that I'm, I'm not being confusing by um, adding on this interpretation or this experience that I've had um, with this archetype and with this card. Thank you, Karina, for having me. I am um, very honored to... Um, talk about this card and yes I hope you all have a wonderful day hi Karina and the rise up good witch community this is Casey Waite and I'm going to be talking a little bit about the hanged one in January of 2018 my partner's father was in intensive care we were the only family nearby able to visit and we spent about a month um, going back and forth between our house in Vermont and Boston where he was in the hospital. Um, and at the same time, I was going through intensive treatment for Lyme disease. So this was a super difficult time for us. Um, I spent many, many days uh, alone in the waiting room while my partner you know, talked to doctors um, and ended up having to make some pretty serious decisions for his father who was unconscious um, eventually deciding to take him off of life support. Um, and one day that day when they decided to take him off of life support, we basically were sitting there, um, waiting for him to die essentially. Um, and my partner wanted to be with him alone. And, and so I stayed in the waiting room and I was feeling, you know, exhausted on every level, um, and also in a lot of pain from my Lyme disease and was just really hitting sort of a, a moment of <laughs> rock bottom. And um, I remember calling my mom and just crying and crying and, you know, figuring out how I could muster up any energy to be there for my partner through this, you know, really, really difficult period. Um, and as I often do during difficult moments, I decided to draw um, to sort of pass the time and, Sometimes uh, when I draw, I receive messages um, from my guides, and that's been sort of a process that I've been um, working with for a couple of years, but this was really a moment when it kind of clicked for me that, that I could call upon my guides through drawing uh, to get you know strength and, and messages. Um, and as I was drawing, you know, I had no plan for what I was going to draw. I just put my pen to paper um and I drew the hanged one and you know I've been a tarot reader for a couple of years I've worked with tarot for over five years now um and the hanged one is not a card that I have much of a relationship with or you know before this I hadn't and 
I remember being kind of surprised that they came up. Um, you know, it wasn't like the star or strength or these other cards that I have sort of a, a, a longer term relationship with um, and that are maybe more obviously hopeful or comforting. Um, but as I started looking at this drawing and trying to investigate why why they came up, um, it really struck me that the hanged one in the major arcana comes just after justice and just before death. And in this moment, I recognized the justice was not so much, you know, uh, like a consequence being um, enacted or, you know, a, a wrong being righted, but just a decision having been made that we made this decision to take his father off of life support. And now we were in this liminal period before death, you know, waiting for death. And that the wisdom of this card and of the hanged one is in this liminality that sort of in these in-between spaces between life and death, sort of new realities can open up for us. And I remember feeling, you know, so at my, the end of my rope, um, and exhausted and, you know, awful in so many ways, but also in this liminal space was sort of open to this message coming through, uh, in a way that I wouldn't have been able to be open otherwise. Um, and that card has grown in, in its meaning, um, you know, for me this past year, grieving my partner's father and going through this with him and also dealing with my own health issues and spending a lot of time alone and kind of just waiting, you know, between health and illness. Um, and in these moments of in-between it's almost like being in a dream state or or something like you're you're closer to I don't know your intuition or or something um it's a change in perspective it's like the world that gets turned upside down and in that process of hanging upside down and waiting you're able to see things differently and it's not necessarily better um or more true but but it can shift things um in really profound ways up good witch podcast if you enjoyed the show please rate and review in itunes and check out www.riseupgoodwitch.com for more information about tarot readings and the apothecary